This is Route 66, One for the Road, with Rory Alskerry. Watch out, it's Rory Alskerry here. Hello and welcome to the Route 66, One for the Road podcast. Uh, on this edition, we've got an interview with a Canadian blues rock guitarist who's just about to release his third solo album. Now, this is not just any old solo album. This is an album where he plays all the instruments himself at the same time. His name is Steve Hill. He's Canadian. He's uh, won loads of awards, including the uh, 2015 Juno Award for Blues Album of the Year, the 2016 Maple Blues Award. He's won Electric Act of the Year, Guitarist of the Year, Entertainment of the Year. Basically, you get the picture. He knows what he's doing. And we'll be chatting to him about his latest album, which is called Solar Recordings Volume 3. Steve Hill, our guest on this edition of the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. Oh, yeah! Well, hello, welcome to the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. And as I say, Steve Hill is our guest on the show this week. He's got a new album out called Solo Recordings Volume 3. comes out on the 6th of October here in the UK. It's already out in Canada and elsewhere in Europe, etc. He's got a tour as well, which is going to see him all over the UK, supporting Wishbone Ash. All the details available online. Uh, Also worth mentioning as well that we are now... uh, in league, we're working closely with the awesome American website, Blues Rock Review. So do go and check them out if you haven't uh, come to this podcast via their website already. If you have, excellent to have you on board. And thanks for uh, downloading Route 66, One for the Road. The Blues Rock Review website has got a wealth of information and loads of great suggestions for music that you should be checking out as well. But let's get into our interview with Steve Hill. Without any further ado, I kicked off by asking the Canadian guitarist and musician how he manages to pull off this whole operating on his own thing. Well, um, I'm standing up on two pedals. One of them is attached to a bass drum. The other one's a snare drum. I also have a hi-hat that I can play with my foot. And on top of that, I have a drumstick on my guitar's headstock that I play a cymbal and another hi-hat with. And uh, I modified my guitars by adding an extra pickup, but the, uh, the, the pickup is offset so that it only takes the sound of the bigger strings. And I have a stereo output, so that pickup goes to uh, an octaver pedal and a bass amp. And the regular guitar pickup goes through uh, tape echo and and then two amps. And uh, that's pretty much uh, what it is. Uh, it, <laughs> it seems complicated. It is, <laughs> but it works and uh, it, it actually sounds pretty good. It sounds amazing. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I think people will be familiar with you know one man band operations you quite often see them um you know sort of performing street performers and stuff like that and i think that's what some people will have in their heads as something that's more of a novelty rather than a serious musical act but i mean you clearly are a serious musical act and with three albums in of you performing like this how did you decide to kind of go down that road Well, my first album came out 20 years ago. I've been a professional musician for 25 years. But six years ago, I signed a bad deal with a a label that didn't do anything. And uh, I had an iffy manager that wouldn't give me my money. And, you know, with the state of of the music business changing, it was getting hard to pay the bills, you know. Uh, So I figured out, you know, I'll, I'll do some solo gigs. I've always 
made a living as a musician. You know, I, I went from being a, a newspaper boy from age nine to 15 to playing clubs when I was 16, you know, <laughs> so I don't know how to do anything else. But, you know, I've never been like a street performer. You know, I was a real professional musician playing theaters and, and you know, clubs and whatnot, you know, and festivals. Uh, so I figured, you know, like I'll, 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 you know, I'll do a solo thing, just play guitar and sing. And I was just foot stomping and putting a, a mic on the floor to begin with. And, uh, you know, like, I, you know, I, I called a few uh, clubs that I used to play, uh, you know, and uh, uh, so uh, off I went with this, you know. Uh, but it was really not like a one-man band thing, you know, uh, six years ago. Then I got a bass drum. I'm a studio owner, so I figured, you know, I'll I'll record an album and I'll sell that live to pay off the credit cards. Uh, and then I got a hi-hat, finished the album. Uh, that was Solo Recordings Volume 1. It sold better than all my previous records. I had put out uh, six records before that. And that thing just really did really well in Canada. And uh, it won in Memphis at the International Blues Challenge Blues Album of the Year. Got a Juno nomination here in Canada, which is the Canadian Grammy. And um, I, I did like 175 shows with this album all over Canada, coast to coast, you know. And uh, people kept asking, when are you going to release Volume 2? Now, the, the only reason why I called it Volume 1, it was, you know, I figured down the line, you know, let, let's say 10 years from now, if I want to do something like that, I'll just have to call it volume two and people will know what it is you know i thought i'd do this you know and and tour about for a year and then get back uh, the the old gang and get the band started again but i had more success like this than when when i had a band so i released volume two did even better won the juno award won uh, uh the maple blues awards i mean uh you know, I, I won like April Blues Awards, which is the Canadian Blues Awards uh, within, the, you know, for the album and the tour. Every kind of award that you can get in my field in Canada, I won with this record. And off I went another 175 shows. And uh, people were asking, when are you going to release Volume 3? So I did release Volume 3 in Canada a while back, but it's it's being released in the U.K., and um, and now, you know, like I'm off to Germany next Monday. It's my second tour of Germany this year. Um, I've toured a bunch of different countries in Europe. And finally, I'm going to tour the UK opening for Wishbone Ash. I got 27 shows opening for Wishbone Ash in the UK. So I don't know, man, <laughs> the one man band formula really worked for me. You know, now I could I could afford a band, you know, but uh, I sort of found my 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 style and my sound with that formula whereas before that you know i'd release an album that was you know uh, a blues album and then a rock album and you know i was trying to find my way because uh, i i love all types of music you know i listen to a lot of music a lot of different styles so i get influenced by all that but i couldn't it was hard for me to find a direction you know but with the limitations of being a one-man band I found my direction and I feel like, you know, I have my sound. It's a mix of blues, rock, and it's got a bit of folk, got a bit of country, a bit of this and that, you know, mm. but it works for me, you know, and uh, it seems to, uh, you know, the reviews so far in the UK have been, you know, nothing but stellar. I mean, so I'm blown away by this. <laughs> well, you can't argue with that, Steve. That is in an incredible story. And I think so many people interviewed on this show have told me that they've had problems with management and record labels taking the piss, basically, and, and not paying them properly. And you've clearly managed to 
through your talent and a bit of sideways thinking, managed to play your way out of that situation? Yeah, I became my own manager and I started my own label and things just started happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that, isn't that curious? It's amazing. <laughs> and the opening track from Volume 3, Damned, is, is that you singing about how you've, you've been unlucky in the past? Is, am I reading too much into that? Uh, that's more uh, in my love life. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's basically all my fault, you know. Uh, you know, I'm, you know I, I still don't have a family. I don't have kids yet, you know. And, uh, but, but, you know, that's sometimes uh, the case when you're a musician, you know, you're gone all the time. So it's hard to, it's hard to keep relationships uh, going, you know. So I've always had a hard time with that, you know. I, you know. So uh, that, that's probably what it's about. Uh, it's, it's about an ex-girlfriend that I left because, you know, I was always on the road and uh, that's what it's about. You came along, I didn't deserve Was that for me, yet I had the nerve To run away, away from you I couldn't help it, I never do Cause I'm down When things are right, I make them wrong Steve Hill with us on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast and that's Damn, the opening track from his latest album which is called Solo Recordings Volume 3 and it's out in the UK on the 6th of October this year. Steve, we, we touched on, well you, you told your incredible story of, of this journey towards becoming a, a solo musician but in, as part of my research for this interview uh, I came across an album called The Damage Done 2009 Steve Hill and the Majestics yeah. great mm-hmm. album um, Thanks. I'll definitely be going back into that later on just tell me how it feels now in a sense to be working on your own and do you miss the the band element to it I mean take all the the management issues and the the expense side out of it but just the the pure pleasure of playing with other people do you miss that of course i do sometimes you know i had a great band uh they're all my buddies you know the bass player i used to play with i mean we start we, we, we've known each other for 30 years but um you know life is what it is and uh uh, I, you know, I had to do something else, but we'll do something again eventually. Uh, I'm not worried about that. At the same time, I really enjoy doing what I'm doing now, you know. So I, I'd like to eventually do both, but I can't see myself stopping this one-man band thing. Not really. Well, not when it's so successful. I wouldn't either. Um, <laughs> where do you get your influences from? Because I mean, most musicians they might play the guitar and sing or they might play the bass and the lead guitar, so they maybe have a slightly more narrow field of people that they would look to for influences, or they would look at one specific part of another band. But because you're playing everything yourself, I mean, there's no limit. So who do you consider to be your biggest influences? There are so many of them. I mean, uh, I play a lot of music, but I, uh, you know, I listen to records all the time, basically. Uh, so... There's the uh, 60s uh, British blues bands, uh, you know, British rock, uh, you know, like those. Uh, I started playing when I heard uh, Cream. I heard Cream and, uh, you know, I started playing in the late 80s. And I was not interested with the music that was going on at the time. You know, those hair bands or New Kids on the Block or, you know, <laughs> the beginning of hip hop. I, I, you know, that wasn't my thing. And then I heard Cream, Hendrix, Zeppelin, you know. 
So all these guys were huge influences uh, on me, and you know, probably the reason why I started playing the guitar. Um, so and through uh, all these uh, uh, great British musicians, you know, like they, you know, I'd read interviews with Clapton, and he would always talk about Muddy Waters and Robert Johnson and the Three Kings and Howlin' Wolf, and so I started buying these records. You know, when I was like 14 years old, I was listening to Muddy Waters, and then eventually I got to play with a bunch of these guys. You know, I played with Hubert Sumlin, I played with Sam Lay, who used to play with Howlin' Wolf, both of them. Uh, you know, I've opened for. Ray Charles, B.B. King, uh, uh, Buddy Guy like six times, uh, played with the Fabulous Thunderbirds, opened for Jimmy Vaughn many times, Carrie Bell, I mean, you name him. Uh, for a while here in Montreal, in my, in my early 20s, whenever like an American blues man would come to town and he would have a band, I'd be the backup band or I would be the opening act. So I, I got influenced by all of these guys. Uh, I also like, uh, uh, you know, old school metal. I'm, I, you know, I'm into Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and all these bands. You know, I, I love that stuff a lot, too. And I, I love uh, like 60s country music. Uh, Waylon Jennings is a huge influence on me. Uh, I, and I love 70s music. I love the Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia, huge influence. Then uh, 60s R&B. I listen to Miles Davis every day. So, you know, there's like... A bunch of different things, you know. So, and whenever I listen to music, I listen to everything, not just the guitar. I love the faces, uh, but in the faces, I'm a big fan of Ron Wood, but I'm also a big fan of Ronnie Lane. I love his bass playing. I love uh, Kenny Jones's drumming. I love the small faces. Uh, so, so I, you know, I listen to a lot of music, and I usually listen to all the instruments, you know, and I listen to it as a whole. And as far as drumming goes. I mean, I can't play like John Bonham. I, you know, I I got two feet playing the drums. You know, <laughs> so but but you know, I just I do what I can and uh, I keep it basic, which is which is great because usually drummers, you know, they're always way too busy. You know? yeah. and, and it messes with the groove, you know. So I lay down the groove, I lay down the foundation, and uh, the rest, you know, uh, and the bass. I have to keep the bass very simple because I'm playing it with my thumbs, you know, and uh, the other fingers take care of the guitar stuff. And that's where, uh, you know, like the fills and, you know, like um, the, the more intricate stuff happens. It's mm. the guitar, you know. As I expected, a huge list of influences ranging right across the board, which you can hear in your music. I mean, you mentioned a load of artists that you've performed with, a couple that you didn't mention, but I believe you have performed with or, or opened for on tours, ZZ Top and Jeff Beck. Now, Jeff Beck's got to be argued as one of the best guitarists of all time, and ZZ Top best. make one phenomenal racket for just three oh, yeah. of them. Oh, man, I, I bought uh, Truth, uh, Jeff Beck's first record, when I was 13, and I think I, I, I bought it twice on cassette, uh, twice on CD, twice on vinyl. I mean, you know, that record is one of my biggest influences ever. And I've been a fan of ZZ Top since the age of nine, you know, back when Eliminator came out. And, and uh, I remember even before I played the guitar, you know, I was listening to ZZ Top all the time, you know. And, and then... Uh, they became a huge influence, uh, especially the album Tres Hombres. And it was great to open for them and hang out with, you know, some of my heroes. Yeah, I can imagine. And of course, there's a version of Going Down um, along oh, yeah. with, uh, with Dust My Broom. Is that No, not Dust My Broom. What's the other one nope. on there? Stop Breaking Down. Uh, you do a bit uh, of... Stop Breaking Down is on volume three. And uh, 
Going Down. I did that on uh, the Majestics album. Yeah, let me tell you something. Th that album, that uh, uh, Steve Hill and the Majestics album, that's me and a bunch of friends uh, uh, in, a, you know, in a rehearsal space that I had. We put up a few mics. Uh, I had played with all of them before, but we had never played together. And we, we recorded the whole album in five days without rehearsing before. So basically, because we had booked a few shows in the summer, and I figured, you know, we'll just let's get in the in my rehearsal space and record whatever, you know, for five days. And uh, and if we got a record, if we get a record out of that, fine. If we don't, well, we'll have fun, you know. And we we did get a record out of that, but that whole record was recorded in five days live. But in the so studio. many of the best albums are recorded in a kind of quite fast quite raw way volume three i recorded in five days in the studio but i worked on it for a year in my home studio you know uh working out the arrangements writing you know like 25 songs to finally have you know 10 or 12 on the album and you know whenever i write a song you know i might i'll do like completely different arrangements uh like uh you know uh Dangerous had a different damn that you you know that you played damn I I think I recorded five completely different versions you know different beat different melody different riffs you know uh, so I, I you know it takes a lot of work usually in advance especially as as a one man band you know because I record everything live in the studio so I need to really uh, know my parts you know so I worked really hard in advance on this album a year in the studio uh, uh, whenever I could then uh, I played all the songs live on a coast-to-coast -coast Canadian tour, uh, like a 20-something dates. And then I went in the studio and recorded it in five days. No one's going to accuse Steve Hill of slacking. A 2015 Junior Award winner for Blues Album of the Year, 2016 Maple Blues Award winner of Electric Act of the Year, Guitarist of the Year and Entertainment of the Year. Uh, Entertainer of the Year, rather. And Steve Hill, you one of the other tracks on this latest album, Volume 3, which I particularly like, Rhythm All Over, start with a right foot, left one will follow. Are you singing about how you make this all work for yourself and when it's all working great because you're properly in the zone? Yeah, that's really what it's about. I remember writing those lyrics in, in the van, you know, going to Western Canada. Obviously, I, w I was not driving, you know, uh, my, my guitar tech was driving, but uh, it, it just came in, a, you know, really fast, really quick, you know, and uh, and then it was just a matter of, uh, um, you know, finding the right riffs. To, another, that, that's another great example of, uh, I, I did a bunch of versions before, you know, coming to, the, you know, getting this version done. Rhythm All Over, that's a cool track. I usually play it at pretty much every show.
Well, that was Rhythm All Over from uh, Steve Hill off his latest album, uh, Solo Recordings, Volume 3. Now, it's not all balls-out blues rock. Uh, There's a a bit more of a mellow side to parts of the album, particularly as we sort of work our way through it. Um, And one of the the tracks that I particularly like that shows a a different side to your wide-ranging ability is the acoustic Emily. Tell me about her and and this track, Steve Hill. Oh, well, Emily... uh... Her name was not exactly Emily, uh, uh, but, you know, uh, I write songs. I got a songwriting partner, Josh Well, Layla Parlett. wasn't about Layla, in fairness. Exactly. So <laughs> you so, can get uh, away with we, a bit of artistic license. But, uh, the, the, how, how we got the name was because uh, I, I work with this, uh, uh, this friend of mine. You know, we, we've been writing songs together for 20 years, Josh. And, and he, he came to me and he said, you know, like, we've never... Uh, you know, we never wrote a song with, with, you know, just a girl's name, you know, like Layla or, you know. So uh, we just <laughs> looked on the Internet. Uh, what was the most uh, uh, famous name in Canada for, uh, uh, you know, like a 25-year-old girl or, a, you know, like a, a girl in her 20s? And it turned out to be Emily. So uh, we we proceeded to uh, write this song. Uh, it, I think it came very quickly. Uh, first, it but but it was not the same music, and sometimes uh, live I'll do the electric version, which was the first version, uh, and it's completely different. Um, Andy Powell of Wishbone Ash is a great fan of the electric version because I I used to play it at sound checking. He even wanted to cover it on his next record, but on the album it's the acoustic version. Uh, there's a, we, we just uh, did a video for that because it's it's the uh, it's a single right now in Germany. Uh, that track, Emily, about uh, about you know like uh, an old geezer like me uh, meeting uh, a younger woman, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> I asked myself when I was met Emily, what's a girl like her talking to a guy like me? You're so young and pretty, and I'm wise enough to see. I found myself a sweet honeybee, oh Emily, Emily. Sweetest little woman that I ever did see Oh, Emily, could it be A girl like you and a guy like me What are you going to do next? I mean, of course, you you said that people said after volume one, where's the next one? And now we're at volume three. So I'm (laughs) I'm kind of half expecting you to tell me that volume four is already cooking on the back burner. But you've also (laughs) talked about getting the band back together. So what what kind of direction do you think you're going to go in next? Well, I recorded a few shows uh, last March. And, uh, you know, the songs are mixed. I have a live album in the can. I was thinking of releasing it uh, next week, but uh, then, you know, like they told me that uh, Volume 3 was just being released in the UK, you know, and uh, Volume 3 was re- was released six months ago in Germany. So, uh, I have, you know, then I decided to wait. So it might come out in uh, February, but I'm not sure yet. You know, it depends, you know, because, uh, you know, the people might want... Uh, uh, another studio album pretty soon but anyways it's not going to be ready uh, the next studio album will probably be out a year from now and in the meantime uh, I, I will probably release the live album because it's, it's got some really really cool stuff on it and it's mixed you know so so uh, I just got to put it you know finish it you know get, get it mastered get the uh, the album cover and everything and release it probably uh, like I said maybe March or February 
And uh, next studio album would be uh, a year from now. Uh, is it going to be called Volume 4? I don't know. Is it going to be a solo album? It, it, probably. Um, uh, but I might, you know, I was thinking maybe I could do some overdubs on this one. You know, because I, I play pedal steel, I play lap steel, I play a bunch of different instruments that I can't play at the same time as I play guitar and drums. So I might I might stretch out a bit on the next one. Uh, but, you know, like people are starting to know me over there in Europe as a one man band. And I got I got a few things in the States coming up uh, also as a one man band. So uh, I can't go back to a band yet, just yet. You know, I, <laughs> I think I still need to do another another one man band record uh, in the studio. Can I mischievously suggest that you call it um, Solo Recordings Volume 5 so that you get your fans and an audience hunting around the internet for the <laughs> elusive Volume 4? You know what I did between Volume 1 and Volume 2? I released an EP called Solo Recordings Volume 1 and a half. <laughs> so, so you can try to find this one. superb well steve hill thank you very much for joining us on the route 66 one for the road podcast it's been a huge pleasure to talk to you and we really look forward to yeah well we look forward to seeing you on tour with wishbone ash the first date in the uk is the 18th of october in dorking and then there's loads of dates i'm not going to go through them all now but they will be on our website and you can find them online as well you're on facebook twitter Bandcamp, instagram everything the the, the website which is stevehillmusic.com you can find it all there you can buy the tickets there uh so so it's all good well nice talking to you rory Hope I'll see you at one of those gigs. Yeah, I'm going to try and come to the one at the Lowry in Manchester, which is where I'm based. And uh, stevehillmusic.com if if, uh, our listeners want to find out more. Thank you very much and all the best to you. Keep rocking. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for downloading the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. For more information, head to rockinjockin.com.